If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email. I've been getting a lot of emails and messages from those of you lately, and I appreciate it. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show for those that want to connect with us there. And watch the program live or on demand so long as our friends at Facebook allow that to be the case. And every day that I say that, I say that a little bit less jokingly as there is an all-out war, an all-out war on information, an all-out assault on conservative principles and values. And, you know, folks, they don't even want to have a debate anymore. They don't want to have a debate, just want to take everybody down that has you know, conservative principles, values. Just take them down. Call them racist. Call them sexist. Accuse them of anything you want. And suddenly, lo and behold, you're in the middle of a nation that has no opposition to the group thought or no opposition to the ideas of the day. I want to talk this morning. I want to continue this discussion uh, because I got a, a a call on the Huff Hotline, I've I've shared, and I've got to get better at this. I admit it up front. I'll tell you, I got to get better at sharing more from the Huff Hotline, and that is a twenty four hour hotline where you can call and you can leave your thoughts, you can leave your opinions, you can leave, you can share your thoughts on something we've talked about. You can try to. Move this show and what we talk about in another direction, should you so choose. And I do, uh, as I said, need to play these calls more frequently. But this morning I'm going to. This morning I'm going to because um, I just think it's important. I think it's important that we go through this conversation because, and I'll highlight my points whenever we play said phone call, but you can call the Huff hotline anytime. You can call it right now and you won't even be live. Now there might be a time and then even perhaps in the not too distant future where we take live phone calls, but that's not really um, what we're doing now. And I'll explore that as the time um, for that becomes something that pops up on our radar. We got lots of big changes behind the scenes. I mean a whole lot whole lot of changes. There's going to be some additional staff added. We've got um, 
some other things that we're working on with conservative, not bitter university. I'm going to do hopefully more, more appearances and so forth. Um, we've been invited to speak here in a couple of, well, next week, I guess. I um, spoke last week as well. Probably should mention those sorts of things to you so that you know what's going on. I, Again, lots of stuff going on. Lots and lots of stuff going on. It's impossible to keep up. But if you want to share your thoughts on the Huff Hotline, I welcome you to do that. 317-455-5250. 317-455-5250. And um, you know, like I said, we'll, so we sometimes play those, and I've not been good at that. And I think part of it's because there's so much to talk about. I mean, it is really information overload. I mean, we still got coronavirus out there. We've got spikes in cases in certain states, most most states for that matter. Um, we've got, of course, an election. You may not have known that because one of the candidates is hiding in his bedroom, or excuse me, his basement closet. That's where Hillary's server was. He's just in the basement. For, he might be in the closet. I don't know. They might have relegated Biden to the basement closet at this point. But that might conjure up bad memories because that's where Hillary's server was, and she thought that that served as a good place to secure her server. It had four walls and a door that locked, so she thought that that server was A-OK, safe, didn't matter um, if she was using said server to communicate with classified information. She had a an FBI led by James Comey who wasn't going to make uh, – who was going to make sure that she was not charged for anything. She could act – Recklessly, but of course, um, that didn't matter in the grand scheme of things because, hey, she's Hillary Clinton. She's the Democrats' choice, and whatever she wants to do and however she wants to behave is acceptable. But anyway, that's the the bedroom closet, the basement closet. And maybe where Biden's hanging out as well, for all we know. They might be, he might be in there with the server, for all we know. Good old Biden. But anyway, so if you want to call the Huff Hotline, 317-455-5250. And, um, you know, we'll get better at playing, playing some sound bites. So I'm going to play this sound bite. Even first thing about this, first segment. First segment, this sound bite, this call on the Huff Hotline. And I want to, like I said, I want to share this. I want... Um, and I want to delve into this. The call is related to um, racism. And I, first of all, look, there's a lot here I want to talk about and, and raise issue with. But I appreciate, I do, I appreciate um, someone here taking the time from Columbus, Ohio. I think it's Columbus, Ohio. Maybe in Columbus, I think he says Ohio in the call. Maybe it was Indiana. We have listeners all over the place with podcasting and YouTube and Facebook streaming, so who knows. But um, I appreciate the phone call. I appreciate someone taking the time to disagree with me or to try to get me to look at something from another perspective. But um, So nothing here is, is personal in this, but I think it's important that we go through this kind of uh, you know, using a, a just kind of illustrating the point that I still, I still don't know what they want me to do. I still don't know after listening to this phone call, which I think was designed to tell me where I'm wrong and how 
how we should look at things. So with no further ado, I'm going to play this phone call, this call on the Huff Hotline that I received overnight, and uh, we'll talk about it on the other side. It's a couple of minutes. It's a couple of minutes here, but we'll, we'll talk about this on the other side um, of, of, of the message here. So here you go. Hi, Todd. My name is Cameron, and I am from Columbus, Ohio. And I was listening to your show while driving today and heard you talking about Black Lives Matter and talking about reparations. And I wanted to comment on your uh, thought about how instead of macro-level changes, we need to go from the bottom up and start with micro-level changes. And uh, I wanted to say that Black Lives Matter as a group is can examine their conscience on a micro level and take take responsibility and accountability for their actions as individuals and as a community. I know that you say that you are not guilty as a white person personally, but silence is violence. And if you are neutral in a situation of violence, you have taken the side of the oppressor. And so what Black Lives Matter is asking is, not only do we individually examine ourselves and personally apologize to those who we have personally harmed, but also think about the things that we have not done, the inactions that we have taken to let this violence continue in our lives and in our communities and in our country. And um, I would say as far as micro-level changes go, that's pretty much what the propaganda of white people saying, it takes progress. And, you know, there's a famous quote, it's like, you know, it took my grandfather's time, it took his father's time, and his father's time before his, and my time, it's going to take my children's time. How much time do you want for this so-called progress? And with micro-level changes, I think it would just take too long. Then over 50 years since the quote-unquote abolition of slavery, but we really haven't made much progress. And so Black Lives Matter is not only asking for micro-level changes, but also macro-level changes in hopes that the systematic change will turn over and then that will lead to social change. And in turn, social change will lead to more systematic change. It's a cycle. And with that, I'll pass. Okay. So first of all, again, I say I appreciate – I do. I appreciate the phone call. I appreciate the sentiments. I appreciate someone, um, anyone, someone who agrees with me, someone who disagrees with me. This is Cameron from Columbus, Ohio. Again, I'd forgotten before. Um, last, uh, before I played that call, if it was Columbus, Ohio or Indiana. So again, I appreciate it. I appreciate someone taking the time, sharing their thoughts and, um, trying to articulate what, you know, I'm just going to open it up. If you think I need to do something differently, you know what I've, sh- I mean, yesterday's show, we talked, I've talked about this multiple times. I believe that. To be responsible for something, you have to be responsible for it, right? So um, you just can't use words like macro and micro and think that you're really um, changing 
the narrative here. So macro, macro level changes, as he's referring uh, referring to here, as Cameron's referring to, is he's trying to point out the systemic, systematic problems with our government as it pertains to racism. Now, if there are, or insofar as, or whatever, if there are, or insofar as there are changes that need to be made systematically, I want them listed. What are they? What are they? And so you can't simply say that even the case of the, the terrible case of George Floyd, is that necessarily systematic? I mean, it's someone who was an officer doing something that he's, by the way, been charged for. He's he's going through the criminal justice system. So the right steps have been taken up until this point, and now he's going to have a trial. Now, I would, I would add in there, and I think there's like two of us out there that would say something like this, but it's very important, should this go to trial, that uh, that officer, uh, what's his name, Derek uh, Chauvin. Chauvin, Derek Chauvin, um, thank you, Oz, that officer Derek Chauvin should be given a fair trial. He should have, if this goes to trial, which there's lots of reasons to believe that it will not. But if this goes to trial, he needs to have jurors who have not made their minds up about the case prior to stepping into that courtroom, prior to stepping into that deliberation room or that jury room to make their decisions. Prior to hearing evidence, they cannot have either convicted him or exonerated him. They need to listen to the evidence. They need to listen to the definition of the crime. They need to look at the evidence and compare that to the definition of the crime and ask themselves, did Officer Chauvin, beyond a reasonable doubt, commit the crime alleged by the state here? And if not, there's a couple of charges. Did they they reach the lesser level? That's what needs to be done here as well. Um, But just because an officer, let's just say that the worst was murder two, I think. Murder two is is the highest charge. Let's assume... I'm not saying that this, just for the sake of this discussion, not in the larger uh, discussion should we assume that that he's guilty of murder too. But just for this particular discussion, let's assume that he's guilty of murder too. Does that prove that there's systematic, systematic problems with law enforcement? Maybe it means that there's, uh, you know, problems with those particular five officers, right? Or the four, what is it, four officers, I guess. The three officers who didn't say anything, well, one of them did say something, but nothing was done to get him off of, to get Officer Chauvin off the neck of George Floyd. But does that necessarily prove that it's um, systematic? I mean, I need someone to show me systematically what, why the system is, is racist. I understand it was systematically racist when this country was founded. There's no doubt about that. And by the way, by the way, um, what's our caller's name here again? Our caller's name of drawn. I'm sorry. Cameron. Cameron. Cameron um, says that we've not. We really haven't made progress. Uh, we've made tremendous amount of progress um, over the course of of our history. It took time. From, I mean, slavery ended with, what, uh, the Civil War and Emancipation Proclamation in the 1860s. We had the Civil Rights 
issues of the 1960s that were, um, you know, we're, we're living in a pre-1964 or excuse me, post-1964 world where the issues of systematic racism were addressed then. Now, I understand that there is still racism. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that. But is it inherently part of our system of government? You know, government, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Is that systematically racist? You know, you can certainly make the case that that statement, while not racist, the application of how they did that back in the in the in the eighteenth century was, and in the nineteenth century, um, with with slavery, that was that was systematically racist. But I need someone to point to me and not just say, you know, not just say that racism is is bad which it is. And he also said here that I don't, uh, silence is violence. How am I being silent? I've been talking about this. I've been talking about this for a long time. I've talked about this for 20 years before Cameron even knew I was talking about it because we were talking about it when I was, I mean, it's, it's always been an issue for uh, conservatives because we're accused of being racist. I think racism is appalling. I think we're all created in the image of God. I think I'm no more, I I believe I'm genetically, neither genetically superior or inferior to anyone. We're all made, and I don't think you are either. I think we're all created in the image of God. We all have the fingerprints of our creator. We all have uh, been, you know, the, the, the breath of life breathed into us by creator, the great creator God. The God of the Bible, breathing that life into us, creating us in his own image. Yes, we've fallen. Yes, we've sinned. We've all, we all share that. We've all missed the mark, which, which is what that word means. But all of us, all of us, regardless of any uh, physical you know, differentiator, color, size, shape, gender, all of us, none of that changes. We're all we're all human. We're all made in the same image, image of, of in the image of the same God. And so, um, I don't know what silence, what violence I'm committing here, because I, I raise questions that everything that happens in America is racist. That's violent. That's silence. It's just silliness. That's silliness is what that is, my friend. And I say that with due respect here, but. You can't just come on and, and, and throw around terms like macro and micro and think that that's moving the equation. You can't throw around terms like white propaganda. That's another thing that came up in this phone call. I want to talk about this a little bit more long in this segment. But I welcome you. Tell me specifically what I the, the systematic racism that exists in this country. And if it does, I'm on your side in fixing it. But having a law against rioting or having a law against assault or murder or rape, it defies my ability to understand how that's, how that's systematically racist, how that's systematically racist. So let me know. You can tell me on the Huff Hotline. You can email me, Todd, at ToddFShow.com, Huff Hotline, 317-455-5250. Again, referencing this phone call from Cameron from Columbus, Ohio, really, really long in this segment.
really, really long in this segment. Going to continue this discussion after the break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back here. Short segment because I was really long in the first segment. My apologies for that. Oz is not doing her job over here. Didn't even get a response from her over that. No, I just wouldn't listen when she was telling me to take a break. So, um, but I'm referring, uh, we, we played last segment a phone call I received on the Huff Hotline from Cameron in Columbus, Ohio. And again, Cameron, I appreciate you calling in. I just... And I appreciate the viewpoint here. I just um, – I I still have to say I don't know what what you want me to do about it. You made a comment that says we have to take responsibility as a community in regards to racism, systematic racism. So number one, number one, I'd like someone to like list out the charges of systematic racism. I'm going to say uh, – I've been thinking this. I'm sure this is going to tick somebody off. <sighs> okay, let, let's just say, again, going back to Officer Chauvin, let's say, let's assume the worst, and I don't think we should do this, right? I think that we should allow justice to, to play out. I think that um, we should remain – I mean, look, I understand that some of us, if we're not in Minneapolis, we're not going to – we're not going to be selected on the jury, and I understand if people have opinions on this. I understand that, but I don't think that we should do the equivalent of trying this guy in the media. Have some sort of a – for lots of reasons, but one, you're not able to really – no one has all the all the evidence. There's specific definitions of the crime, and I'm not suggesting that it doesn't meet the level. I'm just saying there's a process for this, and it's and it's to go through the criminal justice system. And that needs to happen. So I don't think we should do what I'm about to say we're going to do here in the in the grand scheme of things. But I do think for the sake of this discussion, let's just assume – let's just assume that Officer Chauvin is, is guilty of the highest charge. Second-degree murder I think is what it currently is. Do we know necessarily – there's still questions – boy, I know that this is going to infuriate people, but – how do there could be other explanations than he's racist? I know that that just sets some people into a mad fury. I understand that. I'm not suggesting that's one of them. That 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 isn't one of the possible explanations. Certainly, I'm open to that. Maybe he's just you know if if all the charges are true. And again, I don't want to go there because that's not what I think we should be doing. But is is that the only explanation? Could he not just be a terrible human being? Again, I even hate to say that because we just we don't we don't know these these things, and it's not um, there's not been a fair, I guess, presentation. There's not been any defense to speak of. It's just you know everybody saying that he's effectively a murderer, and I'm simply saying we should let this let this play out um and that we should also understand that maybe even if that is what he's found guilty of there could be other 
explanations. I don't know that that's the only one. It might be the one. So hear me say that. I'm just trying to appeal to the sense of reason here. And so what responsibility do I have? What responsibility do I have? The caller says we have to take responsibility as a community. Now, I, I, I would agree in, in a sense. I, you know, I even come on here and tell you that if we want to save our republic, we have to get more involved. We have to be willing to have conversations. We have to be more persuasive. We have to, you know, we have, there's a, that's what CNB used for. That's why we're developing that. I want to help you become more effective conservative communicators, more knowledgeable conservatives. Many of you are very, very knowledgeable, but can we get better? I mean, the goal here is to actually move the needle. If we're not persuading anybody, we're going to be in major trouble here in short order. We've got to be willing to talk and to um, communicate with those who don't agree, and we have to be we have to be persuasive. So that's why we do conservative, not bitter university. So yes, in a sense, I'm saying that we have to take responsibility in changing it. But I've identified what needs to be changed. Changed the ideas of liberalism need to be eradicated. The movement towards big government needs to be stopped. The amount of spending that we have in this nation needs to be break supplied. Back the thing up. Put the I almost did the beep 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 back the truck up thing. That's that's what we need. Right? We need to see legislation that is, I mean, pro-life, pro-business. We need to see justices on the Supreme Court. We, one of the things I hope to get to today is the SCOTUS decision on this Louisiana court case, this Louisiana case about um, that, that pertains to abortion. And the five to four decision with the four liberals, and yes, you guessed it, the latest liberal on the Supreme Court, John Roberts, uh, voting to uphold that particular law. Basically, um, well, there's a whole thing. I don't want to get into that right now, but we need to see these specific issues. We need pro-life legislation. We need to this. We need to. Clarence Thomas in his dissent, or you know, said that we need to uh, stop Roe Ro versus Wade. Is what he said. Effectively, needs to be overturned. It's bad law. We found. This constitutional right tucked in there that's not really there, and that's that's considered the, the foundational truth of America, that you have a constitutional right to an abortion, to kill an unborn child. And again, for those who have uh, had abortions in the past, this is not meant to heap guilt upon you. You have a God that is willing to forgive you, and I hope that you can find healing and work through that, and that is not what this is about. This is about stopping this from this moment forward. We need legislation. We need we need people in Washington, people in our state houses that protect the the real constitutional right we have, which is the the Second Amendment, one of them, to keep and bear arms. People in there that defend free speech, even speech that we don't agree with. That's the opposite of what we have today. See, I can list out the things that we need to do something about. That's what I wish. If someone wants me to take responsibility for someone else in my community, I at least need to know what – I mean if they say something racist, that's my responsibility. I uniformly reject that. 
I mean, that's a, a I want that. I, I agree with that. Zero. Zero percent. If there's a way to agree with something negative, I agree with a negative percent. I just these things they, there's there's big words and there's a convoluted way of thinking here, and I don't know what to do with it. I don't I don't know what to do with it. You can't tell me silence is violence, macro versus micro. That's being silent takes a side of the oppressor. I uh, I I am not being silent. I'm not saying the things maybe you want me to say, but that's not silence. See, these little catchphrases, they don't add to the substance here. It becomes a superficial debate. It's an inch deep and a mile wide, and we don't really get to anything. And on top of that, he throws in the term white propaganda, again referring to a caller, Cameron from Columbus, Ohio, who was telling me I need to rethink my um, how I approach systematic racism in America. Um, anyway, played that call last segment. Got to take a, take a break. Oz has done her job. She's thrown up her hands over here, giving up, thinking I'm not going to take a break, but I am. Quick timeout. We'll come back and continue our discussion in just a minute. So, by the way, I should mention that this program is brought to you in part by our good friends at Freegee and Freegee Auctions and Marketing. They are located just west, not far west of Indianapolis, in Clayton on US 40, short drive from Indianapolis. You can go to their website, freegeeauctioneers.com, to see some of their upcoming auctions. Some of these auctions you can bid online. Some of them are in person, uh, in person auctions, some are a combination, some are only online. So, check out their website, Freegee Auctioneers, F R E I J E Auctioneers with an S, FreegeeAuctioneers.com. That's FreegeeAuctioneers.com. So, yes, okay, Oz, as we're, I'm, I'm so far off the time schedule again today, again today, but I want to mention, I want to shift gears slightly here. Actually, I had another caller last week talking about, um, you know, these talking about systematic racism and all that stems from that. And one of those conversations, one of those debates, one of those things happening is this tearing down of statues, tearing down of statues. And it started with Confederate soldiers or generals or what have you, Robert E. Lee, for example. And it has now moved into – I mean we have – we had someone last week that I read on here saying that we should take down statues of Jesus because it's a – it's a, what do you call it? White supremacy. By the way, Trump wanting to do an event in front of Mount Rushmore on July 4th is now being framed as white supremacy. Folks, this is this is insane what we're dealing with. Something that was considered patriotic, something that was considered I don't know, some you know, just something that we ex- expected from our presidents even a couple of years ago is now considered is now considered white supremacist by 
being in front of Mount Rushmore, being in front of Mount Rushmore. But I want to talk one of our callers last week, Indianapolis uh, Democrat District. What is his district now? It's Andre Carson, District 8. Um, that's not right. Anyway, he's he's in favor of taking down monuments, even monuments of some of America's founders, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. So I want to talk about that because that that's one of the things that stem from this conversation as well. So I'm going to get into that next segment, but i got to take a time out to get us back on track. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, um, want to play another caller. He called uh, last week to alert me, if you will, to Andre Carson's position on taking down statues of Jefferson and Washington. You know, we have to begin to ask ourselves, do we expect... I mean, what, what do we really expect about or from our leaders? I was telling Oz during the break. There's, look, even with Martin Luther King, there's um, there's transcripts, partial transcripts. Now, a lot of these things are still sealed until 2027, but the FBI was recording um, in their surveillance activities. They were recording uh, Martin Luther King Jr., and there's an allegation there. There's an allegation in there that says that Dr. King was present when a fellow Baptist minister, this is awful, by the way, raped one of his parishioners, one of his own, the Baptist minister's parishioners. And it says the allegations are that he watched and even gave, I guess, tips and was laughing at this as he was raping as someone else was. Another another woman. Does that look that's terrible. That's atrocious. If that's true, turns out to be the case. But does that does that uh I don't know, does it stop the other things that he did do that were good and insofar as the the civil rights movement and you know, going to his I have a dream speech and the the way that he painted the the picture of what America could be. Of course, there's a lot more to this as well. I don't want to get into that. I'm just simply saying, should we begin tearing down the statues of Martin Luther King Jr. as well because of this? I just look the the founders like like Dr. King did some really good things, some really good things, and taking down statues. I mean, I don't know what it it, it just seems to me that. Um, I don't know. There's something else at play here, and I think that there's a lot of people that see an opportunity in taking down these statues. We are half of America has no idea on our history anyway, right? Have you ever seen these man on the street interviews? What year? Who did America fight to get their independence from? Uh, Finland, uh, you know, South Africa, uh, Azerbaijan. They don't even know the name Azerbaijan, but. 
You know, these are the sorts of things that people think. What year was that? Uh, 1927? I kid you not. These are the sorts of things. You've seen this. So we already don't have a – we're at a point where people don't have much of an understanding of America's history. But our founders, they while they, they were wrong on the issue of, of slavery, they also – they were right on a lot of things. In fact, you can make the case that the the foundation of this government that they that they laid made it possible to eventually overcome the issue of of slavery, that reprehensible institution. And they, I mean, the the goodness that's that's come from the United States of America because of the foundations laid by these by these founders is astonishing. Meanwhile, we, again, it's just it's perplexing. Again, from a a purely logical perspective, you you literally have the Black Lives Matter founders, to at least two of the three, that admit to being trained Marxists. Trained Marxists. This is communists. This is the antithesis of of America. This is the antithesis of liberty. That's what they've embraced. That's what they've been trained in. It's not just they're they're casual readers of Marx. They've been trained Marxists. They've been trained in the art of trying to create revolution in nations like ours that are not Marxist. They've been trained, taught, prepared on how to move the needle towards Marxism and revolution, away from liberty, away from small government, away from this concept of self-governance, into this concept of big government totalitarianism. That's the ideology, my friends, that that killed millions upon millions of people in the 20th century. Nearly 100 million people, some would suggest even more, were killed by their own governments, and many of those in the 20th century, the 1900s. For those of you who have... uh, had some terrible education, <laughs> the, the, the historical education. That's the 1900s, the 20th century. So there are 100 million people, maybe plus, killed in the 20th century by their own governments, by, by communist Marxist governments. And America is somehow the one that's blamed. America is a light under this world. America is a beacon of hope. America has led to more prosperity around this world because by embracing ideas, by embracing fundamentally sound ideas um, that are rooted in liberty, that are rooted in the way that we were created by God to live. And I got to take a break. Come back here, wrap up hour number one, get ready for hour number two on YouTube. We'll talk about that next segment, how you can watch, but I got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. This may be the most depressing time of your morning because we're down to the final minute or so of the program. But fear not, my friends. We'll be jumping over to YouTube for hour number two of the Todd Huff Show. Just go to YouTube, search the Todd Huff Show, and you'll find us on there. We'll be streaming here in about, uh, what, three after the top of the hour. So, what, five and a half minutes or so. 
we'll be um, we'll be over there at that particular time, so you can join us over there. Appreciate you listening here as always, uh, guys. And look, it is overwhelming. It really is what we're dealing with. We're in the midst of um, a, a fight for the the heart and soul of this great nation. So I still have hope, my friends, but we got lots of work to do. So thanks for listening so much. Have a wonderful day. SDG. See you in a few. Take care.